taking time to work with your hands is the most human experience that you can have. And through that comes all the love you can give to somebody. My two sisters and I, we actually rode the horse to school. That's how far it was. They was keeping me alive all them years, and you know, because they said I should have died years ago. Take a bundle of scrap, clothes, rags, whatever you had, tie them up, soak them in kerosene, and throw them to one another. That was neat at night. This is Alabama Folk, where we go deep with artists and makers who carry on traditions passed down through the generations. Through their lives, we discover the many histories, cultures, communities, and landscapes that make us Alabama Folk. I'm your host, Emily Blavos. All right, all right. My name is Orosi Bergen, call me by Gina. Gina is part of the Lao community in South Alabama and has sustained her Lao heritage through cooking, clothing, celebration, and ceremony her whole life. She was born in Laos and spent her childhood there until her family was forced to flee during the Vietnam War. They lived first in a refugee camp in Thailand before arriving in the U.S. in 1981. Gina was 14 years old and spoke both Lao and Thai, but... have no English. The people, which look at them, and they look at us, and they try to be friends. Some people, but you don't know how to respond. I just be by myself, you know, do my own thing, because you don't know how to answer them, because you just don't know how to comprehend. But Gina's family settled in and has spent the last four decades in New Orleans and South Alabama, running and cooking in Asian restaurants. All my family cook Thai food, Lao food. We have restaurant in New Orleans. I have restaurant in Foley. You know, everywhere. Growing up as the youngest of nine, Gina learned to cook by watching her grandmother's mother and older siblings, starting at a young age. Like a five, six, seven, they don't care. If you can do something, that they throw in the kitchen. We can wash vegetables, wash the dishes, go pick up the vegetable on the ground, garden, go with pepper, and wash fish, go get the chicken and pluck the chicken, you know, kill chicken, or go get the fish in the pond, you know. When I get up school, I run to the jungle, go grab the fish and fork to come back and cook. We just grow up that way. They lived in a rural area in Laos. Gina's father worked for a construction company, and her mother sold food in the city on weekends to make extra money. She sell chicken, you know, mm-hmm. on a stick on the grill. She sell that kalumko. Which is like a custard pancake made from coconut. Gina helped her mother and watched her closely, then followed suit. She gathered and sold vegetables in the city and penny candy to her classmates at school. I know how to take care of myself. Since I was a baby, I know how to make my own money. Weekend, me and my friend pick up the vegetable, go sell in the city just to buy candy. Just enough. When we got $10, you know, $10, which is $1 for you. That's all I need. Done. We'll go buy candy, enjoy watching people show on the street, you know, and come home. I make money in the classroom, too. I bring, I buy the backup chocolate or bubble gum. I hide until, hey, one cent, pay me, okay? Sometimes I pay you later. So we have to hide him. So teacher would say, hey, anybody yeah, said, yeah. no, we didn't do nothing. Yeah. That's how I make money. Gina also absorbed her mother's cooking techniques as best she could. That woman can cook anything. Mm-hmm. So everything she touches is like a space. Because she's just perfect. You can remember, but you can't do like her. You can do, but just not the same. It's hard to do. you got to be experienced to cook certain things. Like, a, you know, something you have to grow up with it. We'll do that for years, so many years, to be perfect. There's a lot of technique to certain foods. My mom has all the technique. I'm just, I watch her. So That's Gina's son, AJ, who also learned to cook by watching his mother. I learned everything from her. Um, we're thinking about 
opening another restaurant here. I'm just going to help her out. I like to barbecue. I make pad thai. I make pho, but like a Lao style pho. It's a little different from the Vietnamese. Gina and AJ emphasize the freshness of Lao cooking, which is grounded in seasonal herbs. Herb, everything herb. Ginger, lemongrass. You walk in the back of the kitchen, you know it's Lao. The, the, the herb. That's how, it's Lao house. And we use a lot of banana leaves. Instead of foil, we would do uh, like banana leaves to cover some things up or we uh, use it as a plate. And it gives extra flavor too. Lop is a trademark Lao dish. It's salad with a grilled meat base, flavored with herbs, and served with vegetables, fish sauce, and sticky rice. You can grill beef, you can grill pork, chicken, you know, and then you chop, chop them up, and you put lemongrass, you know, cilantro. American restaurants, they kind of call it like a beef salad. It's not really what it is. It is like grilled meat, and they put in, uh, it's called a gal and gal root. Uh, you can put in different ingredients, like so many different ingredients, like the leaves of a lime. We put, uh, we use a lot of fish sauce, a lot of pepper, and just... It's really spicy, it's really good. We'll together and then we'll serve it vegetable mm-hmm. and sticky rice. And for dessert? It's like coconut milk and sticky rice wrapped in a banana leaf and they steam it. It's actually really sweet. And you can add a black bean in there, you can add anything in there. It's made colorful, so it's up to you. But that's very popular. Coconut sticky rice is especially popular at New Year, the biggest festival of the Lao year. In South Alabama, Lao Temple in Irvington typically celebrates on the last weekend in April. We have all kind of Lao street food. Yeah, everybody's just barbecuing. The Lao sausages, actually, that's my favorite. Lao it's, sausage, oh. There's just nothing like it. It's really good. And be sticky right, beautiful, baby. You can't pull your head out. You keep going on. <laughs> beef jerky, you know, the best. We try the beef outside the sun. And the deep fry, it's natural, too. We don't, everything they do natural. Sausage, homemade, meatball homemade. Anything that you, you see is a homemade. Nothing that, you know, people cook, nothing. For Lao, for people. And to stay cool... Freshly squeezed sugarcane. They put a machine. It's specifically uh, for sugarcanes. They just kind of smash it down into a pretty much a pulp of juice. That's like a like a lemon, you know, lemonade, but our yeah, sugarcane. Yeah. Oh, I drink that until I drop that because <laughs> it's too hot, you know. It'd be so hot, I keep drinking, keep drinking. I say, I'm going to buy my own machine because I waste too much money. For the three-day festival, friends and family come from near and far. When you hear everybody have half full, every, every single house. Everybody come from everywhere, come to each other. But Gina emphasizes that New Year is for the whole community, Lao and non-Lao alike. In fact, in South Alabama, the Lao, Vietnamese, Cambodian, and Thai communities all coordinate to hold their New Year's on different weekends so everyone can attend multiple celebrations. Because it's, it's once a year, everyone will enjoy together. So we share everything we have. Because we all neighbor. So everyone come for eat, for hang out. And New Year goes beyond food with traditional Lao music, dance, dress, games, and even a beauty pageant. Miss Laos, Miss Thai, you know, competition. Contestants don traditional Lao clothing, hair, and makeup, and are interviewed by judges. Spectators buy balloons to vote for their favorites, with proceeds going to support the temple. It's a huge community affair. Oh, everybody stop cooking, everybody stop to play. They come straight to watch the lady, you know. They gotta walk, you know, and, you know, back and forth, you know to show the dress, everything, uh-huh, and the hair, everything. It's a lot of work. Gina knows. For years, she helped the young women, ages 15 and up, prepare for the pageant. They're shy, of course. They don't know nothing. They're still baby, you know. Yeah. You have to train them how to walk, too, two or three days, to, to comfortable. Because they grow up here. They don't grow up loud, you know. We have mm-hmm. to show them how to become loud. Nice. You got to walk, like, you know, nice, not how to sit, how to smile, how to act like a real lady. Nice and polite and, you know, like... A, 
friendly. Like you see, oh, beautiful yeah. culture, beautiful smile, beautiful bows, you know, yeah. you know, the way you walk, the way you talk, like a lady Lao. Lao New Year also includes lots of soccer, as well as another traditional Lao sport. It's called a Tekatao, and it's a hollow ball, and it's extremely hard. It's just made out of bamboo, and it's pretty much like a mix of like volleyball and soccer, but you're kicking the ball, and actually a mix of hacky sack, so it's really crazy. Like, you'll see some people like do backflips, like kicking the stuff. It's it's insane. It's awesome to watch. And at the end of the New Year celebration on Sunday. Oh, they're going to throw water on you. Yeah, it's like everybody throws, it's just, everybody throws water on each other. Like, they, uh, they get shaving cream, and everybody just kind of attacks each other with shaving cream. It's just like a big festival. It's really fun. Everybody's just having fun. Lao New Year is fun, but the holiday also has deep religious roots. After the break, we'll see how Lao New Year reflects Buddhist tradition and way of life in South Alabama. We're back. On the last day of Lao New Year, that water everyone throws, it's meant as a blessing. As Gina explains, New Year honors the day Buddha was freed from his earthly body and attained enlightenment. This story is told at New Year, which also marks the time for Buddhists to make things right in their homes, lives, and relationships. It's a time of repair and renewal. People do a lot of things. New Year cleaning, bad things, forget each other. New Year, new life, you know, everything, forget each other. Be blessing, forgive your enemy, love your enemy. It is all good. Blessing everybody. You love each other. You know, whoever you do wrong thing, you go apologize for them, forgive them, you know. You know, go bow them, you know, bring the flower to the old people and bow them and, you know, give them blessing for you. And then, you know, if you see your mother, father, and go there and ask them for giving, you know, what you do wrong. At the temple, Monks offer prayers and blessings. In the morning, we give the monk pray, and the monk pray for the whole community, pray for everybody. They bring the flower and go, bow the monk, you know, monk, bless you, hey, this new year, you do good, you know, bless you whole year. Monks play a central role in the Lao community and culture, not only at New Year, but all year. Every Sunday, Laotians cook traditional dishes and bring them to the temple. Every week, you know, they pray in the temple, they have the, you know, potluck. Everybody bring food to the monk. After that, we eat together. Laotians also visit the temple for morning weddings and evening funerals and to meet the needs of daily life. For a blessing, give monk, you know, sometimes you have time to go, not have to be week Sunday. He's open the door every day. He pray, you know, mm-hmm. for you, for you feel bad, you have bad luck, or some car accident, somebody buy a new car, they want a monk blessing. You need what you need. Okay, I'm sick, or my parents, you know, pass away. It can be any day, right? So the monk do all the job. In fact, when AJ was 15 or 16, Gina sent him to the temple to train. So I was a monk for like a month, and it was just, it was a very quiet time. It was just a lot of... Meditation. A lot of meditation. They taught me to meditate, and we just, maybe like four or five o'clock, I'm not sure. It was like when the sun was setting down, we would just pray the entire night. And it's just a long time to the point where like my legs were falling asleep. 
it was a lot they'll they'll shave your head and shave your eyebrows and it's just it's kind of embarrassing it really is but i understand it's like to let go of all your ego so but at the time i was just embarrassed to like walk in public in my monk robe and it's just like oh my goodness <laughs> but gina felt it was essential for aj to learn the things she couldn't teach him as a mother to teach him how to be happy be blessing control anger all that then that he can have free soul you know clean body because that teach them what's a life about before he become a man become a grow up to be a have a wife you know how you have to, how to love people how to take care of your yeah. family you know how to become the real life she also wanted aj to have a sense of his heritage knowing they'll likely never live in laos he need to know in life from my country yeah. he need to know something that what is about AJ's training with the monks actually carried on another family tradition. Gina's father trained at a temple in Laos and became a healer who could talk demons out of people's bodies. He heal you as a demon in your body. He oh. can talk to people and take them out. And he talked to them, hey, you better get out. And he prayed for them, release them. He's the one, my father, you know how to talk to them. Hey, you know, excuse me. He don't go fight them. He asked permission, he had light. He could ask them. What do you, you know, what do they need? He sit meditation, yeah. talk to them. Mm -hmm. So what do you need? What you, what's the problem? You need to release that body. So they're gone. Some spirits fought so hard they shook the whole house. But Gina says her father was just as strong. He became known in Laos and in Alabama as a powerful healer. The whole town know who he is. Yeah. So everybody know his name. We survived because him. Because everybody loved us because him. People sought out Gina's father constantly for all kinds of reasons. All the time, nonstop. People cry, people... Husband, married, broke heart, everything. Oh, yeah. I mean, people sit, they invite him, hey, I need to have my mother, my father sit. So he prayed for them. He's just about helping people. He's a community man. Gina assisted her father during the hour-long prayer sessions. It was her job to cut the fruit, certain colors for certain months and days of the week, set out at the proper angles as an offering to Buddha and the angels for their support. Each section, each month, Friday had to be purple color. Saturday, black color. Sunday um, is white. Monday is red. You know, this each, each month, you have their own. And the flag had to be, you have to know how to put angle. If you put the wrong angle, they kept hitting him. You have to know not rest south when he pray. At the end of our interview, I asked AJ about his favorite Lao food. So I don't even know the name, but my mom, she makes cheese to make it for me when I was younger. It's like, uh, it's sticky rice. And then uh, she coats it in an egg and then and then she cooks it and it's just I have no idea what it's called Gina tells us Kaji was sticky right and uh, you know make a ball, ball dip in the eggs and then fry them or sometimes bake them like sticky right eggs it puts a little bit salt such a simple dish but it's just so good it's still my favorite food till this day it's so good and nobody knows how to make it here like not like her this gives Gina an idea every new year she has a booth at the festival selling lop or chicken on a stick but she's been wanting to try something different. I probably sell in the new year because everybody don't sell that. It's not hard. People don't think about it, you know. You sell because, hey, haven't eat a long time. Let me try, you know. I might sell that because if you haven't eat a long time, you know, people want to try that. Oh, I want to know what's young, you know. That's all we eat because we don't have candy. That's what our candy is. I need to go back to tradition because I love tradition. It takes time, but it, it feels good when you eat the real thing, right? It takes hard work, but when you eat, oh, yeah, you release your memory. You can, oh, that's what I can do. Alabama Folk is produced by the Alabama Folklife Association with editing and mixing by Matt Whitson. This week, a huge thanks to Gina and AJ Berrigan for sharing their story with us and to Astaire Jaguar at the Mobile International Festival for introducing us. 
Our music break featured Salavan, a traditional type of music that describes customs and daily life in Laos. It was sung by Kamsing Darapet, accompanied by Reagan Namvilai on the Ken, a wind instrument made from bamboo canes. This music often accompanies Laos celebrations and ceremonies. Salavan was recorded by Ann Kimsey in Mobile in 1991 and appears on Traditional Musics of Alabama, Volume 1, available at alabamafolklife.org. Special thanks to B. Petsonora for pronunciation. Our theme music is Gotta Move, arranged by Albert Macon of Society Hill, Alabama, and sung by Albert Macon and Robert Thomas. For over 40 years, the two men played their style of boogie and blues together in their native Macon County and at fish fries, parties, and festivals throughout central Alabama. Their music also received national and international attention. Gotta Move was recorded by Phil Foster at the Alabama Folklife Festival in Montgomery in 1992 and is included on Traditional Musics of Alabama, Volume 1, available at alabamafolklife.org. This series is made possible with support from the Alabama Humanities Alliance, Alabama State Council on the Arts, and the National Endowment for the Arts. Learn more at alabamafolklife.org.